Hey guys, it's Ken. Hey, before we get started, I wanted to give a quick shout out to the Dynamic Duel Podcast as they are our sponsors for this podcast. Uh, without them, we definitely wouldn't be here, so we want to give a great thanks and uh, hope you enjoy the show. Good afternoon, good afternoon. Welcome back to Max Destruction. Dustin, we're still doing this. We haven't been canceled yet, so uh, that either means nobody's listened to us yet or uh, we're just so awesome that they can't get rid of us. Thank you, Internet. Uh, again, I think it's... I, uh, I, 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 sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the fact that we're just too awesome. I mean, who doesn't want to watch action figures being thrown at each other? 100 percent uh, definitely is our banter as well we have perfect timing obviously uh now this is uh, like dustin says this is max destruction we're back uh where we take individual characters from cinematic history and we decide who's going to win using the science tm uh instead of our own biases because uh, of course dustin and i are heavily biased against each other really uh it doesn't really matter who what characters we have to fight uh they're always going to be the best whether or not we care or not that much about the character uh so this week dustin uh we'll go ahead and get into a little bit of it uh is western week as we discussed last week uh which is pretty interesting because uh i know you said you were from a real cowboy state, and uh, I said you can't be more wrong than you are right now. I'm not real sure how you could try to be possibly more wrong, uh, but you are. But we'll save that uh, after, of course, we go into the comment of the week. Now, normally, this is when we would talk about the comment of the week left by you guys, our audience, uh, either on social media uh, our email at maxdestructionpodcast at gmail.com uh, or however you're getting your podcasts via Apple, Spotify, Stitch. Uh, but because we haven't gotten there far yet, we're going to go ahead and call it here. Uh, but keep on keeping on and uh, leave us something to talk about. Thanks. Yeah, so Dustin... Why don't you go ahead and let let our audience members know why Wyoming is so called a cowboy state? Uh, yeah, I, I doubt it, but go ahead and give 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 some credence to your uh, your thought process there. My thought process is that for one, we are legit called the cowboy state. Our license plate has a cowboy riding a buck and bronc. Okay, can't get more cowboy than that on a license plate. Next, so the Sundance Kid, you know. You know, the Sundance Kid, popular name, right? Yeah, that was just uh, about a 45-minute drive from my town. That's where that happened. That's where he got the name. It's a town called Sundance, Wyoming. I live where the West was. You know, Wyoming is still the West. We have a total population of, like, I think it's less than 500,000 people in all of Wyoming. It's more land than there is people. We don't have skyscrapers because we don't need them because we're just wide open. Most of the export of like buffalo meat comes from Wyoming, from a ranch actually in my hometown. So we're the cowboy state. <laughs> There's no arguing. 
Okay, Dustin, so let's go ahead and start with uh, I'm Ken. I am now the richest man on earth. We're going to go and throw that on a license plate, and then we'll just say Ken, the richest man on earth. <laughs> By your logic, that means, Elon, go ahead and get go park my car. Obviously, I am now the richest man on earth. I'll have Elon Musk, you know, doing doing menial tasks. Dustin, 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 you, you say you are the West. Wyoming is the we West. Are. Dude, I was born just about an hour north of Tombstone, Arizona. All right? Wyatt fucking Earp. Sundance Kid, come on now. Wyatt Earp, Doc Holiday. It's Arizona. And I grew up in Las Vegas, the Silver State, where they still do have cowboy things. Yeah, maybe you got taken over by the mafia, but I'm not allowed to legally talk about that on this podcast. <laughs> Arizona kid, obviously your your buffalo, which are not even free range buffalo, and yeah, you guys have like five people and a mule in Wyoming, so that's all you got. But it's fine, I guess we'll go with that. Uh, As as you guys can probably tell, uh, yeah, this is definitely going to be a Western episode where we pit Rooster Cogburn, aka John Wayne, because we don't even talk about the 2010 version of True Grit here versus Clint Eastwood, the man with no name. And I don't know about you, Dustin, but I was super psyched about this episode. Oh, I was so excited. I haven't watched Westerns really since I was younger. My grandpa, okay, again, pointing to the fact that Wyoming is the cowboy state. My grandpa, his first job was breaking wild Bronx. Like that was his very first job. Okay. So I grew up watching Westerns. I grew up all like around Clint Eastwood, John Wayne and stuff like that. So revisiting the dollar movies was absolutely fantastic. No, a hundred percent. And and while my grandfather may not have been busting Broncos, uh, he drove a Bronco. All right. We'll go with that. <laughs> uh, my dad still does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it definitely, I, I, I grew up, I can honestly say the very first superhero movies I watched were Clint Eastwood, John Wayne, westerns because let's be honest all all western movies are allegories just like our comic books right there's a good guy a white hat versus a bad guy a black hat those that's where those two things come from kids the western white hats versus black hats and then you have terms like the spaghetti western especially when we're talking about the dollar movies and we're talking about good and bad and the ugly those were filmed in italy by an italian director and a lot of the native americans in the films we're Italian people that they just kind of rounded up and said, you're now an Indian. Be an Indian, right? Um, I I definitely have more nostalgia for that type of movie than probably any other movie that we'll visit while we're doing this podcast. Uh, I I wanted to be a cowboy growing up. You know, I wanted to, you know, walk into a saloon, you know, shoot the bad guy, take Anyways, we'll go with we'll go with shooting the bad guy, and that's all I'm going to do. Uh, you know, I never would have robbed banks or you know busted down stagecoaches, run run after the, the you know the the bad guys, and I, and I definitely never would have done any of that. But it would have been cool. Uh, so we're we're going to go ahead and and remind our our folks at home uh, who we're going to pay pitting against each other in our segment that we like to call The Tale of the Cocoa Butter. 
these two titans of the Western uh, came up with. Um, this week, I think I'm going to go ahead and go first, Dustin, because I let you go first all the time. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but Rooster Cogburn's going to win. He may only have one eye, but that one eye is on victory. Uh, so I'll go ahead and go into mine first, and then we'll roll into yours. Uh, so Ruben J. Rooster Cogburn uh, is my character's name. He was portrayed uh, most famously, I'd say, by John Wayne in 1969. Uh, again, we kind of leave off the 2010 Damon version uh, where he was portrayed by Jeff Bridges. Not that I absolutely hated the film, but the nostalgia I felt for True Grit growing up, I, I could not bring myself to that. To, to even try to watch that Coen Brothers mess. Uh, so John Wayne portrayed Rooster in, uh, of course, True Grit, uh, and also its sequel, Rooster Cogburn. Uh, John Wayne is was six foot four and two hundred and twenty five pounds during that filming. Now I'm six four and around 230, 235. Uh I feel like I look. I, I definitely didn't look like John Wayne did. Uh, they they had to have uh, really. Uh, played up his his drunkenness and just kind of general dishevelment uh, a lot uh, for 1969. Uh, so his rank, so he's a U.S. Marshal, uh, but I actually went back and, and like you, found the, the novels that the character was based off of. Uh, so he was a sergeant in the Confederate Army during the Civil War. So Reuben Cogburn was born in July 15th, 1825. Uh, he was a veteran of the American Civil War and served under the Confederate guerrilla leader William Contrell, uh, where Cogburn lost an eye. He served with Confederacy uh, throughout the entirety of the war, 1861 through 65, uh, and apparently rode with not only William Contrell, uh, but bloody Bill Anderson in Texas, Arkansas, and Missouri, and finally Kansas, presumably. Uh, he was married first to a woman in Illinois who left him to return to her first husband after bearing Cogburn a single, extremely clumsy son, Horace, for whom Cogburn said, yeah, he never liked me anyways. Uh, Cogburn is described as a fearless, one-eyed United States Marshal who never knew a dry day in his life. The man drank heavily. Uh, he was also known as the toughest marshal working in the Indian Territory on behalf of Judge Isaac Parker, who was actually a real-life judge of the United States District Court of the Western District of Arkansas, having criminal jurisdiction over the entire Indian Territory. Uh, he worked generally as a bailiff and as a as a bounty hunter for the U.S. Marshal. He would go for all the bail jumpers and the, the banditos that were running around that area. Uh, when Cogburn goes to court in Rooster Cogburn, it shows that Cogburn has shot a total of 64 men in eight years, killing 60 of them uh, and wounding the other four, all of whom he claimed to have killed in self-defense in the line of duty or fleeing justice. Uh, in the 1969 film, uh, Cogburn helped a headstrong 14-year-old named Matty, uh, along with a Texas Ranger, LeBeau, to track down bad Tom Cheney, the man who drunkly killed her father. Uh, he also rode with uh, uh, Cole Younger and Frank James' uh, Wild West show, uh, where he had passed away after the, the summation of the films. Uh, the majority of his traits, uh, and we'll go ahead and roll his equipment into this, is just a generally bad attitude uh, when it came to being a U.S. Marshal during the time period. Uh, Cogburn's uh, combat experience comes from his time in the Civil War, and the many, many years he had to fight afterwards— with one eye. Now, Dustin, I'm sure you've you've probably shot guns. You know, being from the cowboy state, uh, definitely when we come talk about 
old Western style guns. They're hard to shoot with two eyes and the greatest stance ever. John Wayne was drunk as a skunk on really shitty whiskey and had one eye. And yet he was able to be an expert marksman with all the firearms that he uh, carried. So for this match, he'll be carrying a single action uh, army revolver, a sharps rifle, and then the Winchester 1892 lever action. Uh, he may or may not have his pepper box 38, uh, 36 caliber pistol, and there may, if the chance provided, have an 1874 Gatling gun. Finally, he has some experience with explosives, as such in Rooster Cogburn, he was after uh, the outlaw Hawk, uh, who had stolen an entire army depot's uh, contraband of nitroglycerin, which may or may not have been the coolest explosion that I saw for 1969 times. That is Rooster Cogburn. I, I, Clint Eastwood, yeah, he, he's still kicking around. I mean, he has steely eyes, but John Wayne only needs one eye to beat him. You know, I think you're wrong. And rather than just arguing now, I'll just I'll just get into why Clint Eastwood is so cool with my tail of the cocoa butter. You, you ready for this? So name. He, he don't have no name. He, he was portrayed by a different name in every one of the movies. And he never actually acknowledges what his name is. He's just like doesn't argue people when they call him a name. So he was called by. He was called Joe by the caretaker in the first movie. He was called Macho in the second movie because he's so big. And then he was called uh, Blondie in The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. And honestly, I don't know why because his hair looked pretty brown to me. Anyway, he is <laughs> he is six foot four, which I didn't realize they were like the same height. And I didn't realize you were that tall either. I thought you were much shorter. Bad judge of uh, height. Wait, <laughs> he came in. And so I went with like the closest I could find. And... In the 1980s, Clint Eastwood weighed about 216 pounds. So I figure that's roughly about right, because looking at those movies, he wasn't like bulky or chubby. Like he, he was a pretty lean, tall guy. He rank, he's a bounty hunter. That's it. So what do we know about Clint Eastwood's past as a man with no name? Um, we don't know nothing. There's a novel that gives a short little explanation. And all it says is that he was a ranch hand. He gets into an argument with a drunken other ranch hand they have a shootout obviously man with no name comes out on top and he realizes the other guy had a bounty on his head for a thousand dollars so he turns that in gets the money and he's like thinking you know what ten dollars as a ranch hand or a thousand dollars to get a bounty i'm gonna become a bounty hunter and that's that's the that's the background we get so now we go on to the movies you know his first appearance he outsmarts a power struggle in a small town called san miguel um, you had two rival gangs, the Rojos and the Baxters, and he played them against each other like a fiddle. Like he was going back and forth like, oh, no, I'm not working with them. Yeah, no, no, it's OK. And then like accidentally kidnapping somebody for the other side. And, you know, all along, I think he was just looking for the gold. But he saves his whole town, saves this father, wife and son who were in this like power vacuum deal where one of the villains had the wife. So, like, he's a good guy. And that's why he's the good in the good, bad, and the ugly. So, what else has he done? Um, I think, so, you you talk about being expert marksman with one eye. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Man with no name could shoot ropes off of a sign. He knocked a guy out by shooting the rope off of a door. 
and knocking it into the guy's head. In The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, from a distance, he shoots men off of a noose as they're about to be executed. So that way, okay, I don't know why he was called The Good, because honestly, he was he was turning in bounties, taking that money, then saving them, and then turning them in again. And yeah, it was a whole process. So, and then at the very end of the movie, we see him on horseback from a large distance away, take his rifle and shoot a guy on like who had a noose around his neck and was standing on a little tiny grave marker. He shot that from a, I don't, I want to guess at how many yards, but it was, it was a good distance. It was pretty, pretty far away. He shot apples off of a tree to prove a point to these little uh, cowboys that came out looking like they were going to start trouble. And he just simply shot a few apples out of the tree. They're like, yep, yeah, nope. I don't want anything to do with this. Who's six foot four. He's a beast. Okay. Um, what else? You know, just, he constantly outdraws people like at, during the second movie, he's sitting there and he's undercover within this gang and he stands up and lets the other three stand up and get in position, get ready takes down all three of them, outdraws them and shoots all three of them before any of them could get a shot off. He does the same thing in the first movie, shooting down four people before they could get a shot off. He is constantly drawing his weapon and killing men before they can. Not just one, multiple, multiple men. Okay. Now we get back into his equipment. So, um, you know, he doesn't have some of the fancy stuff that you talked about, but he does have his Colt 45 single action army revolver. And then he has the Winchester model 1894 rifle. Those were the rifle was in the good, bad and the ugly. And the revolver is pretty standard throughout all the movies. And then I got a fun fact. Okay. A fun fact. Star Wars fans out there. Yeah, I know. I, I'm sure you are. Anyway, the actor who played Boba Fett in the original Star Wars series said that his mannerisms, his attitude and everything were based off of the man with no name down to the color scheme for Boba Fett with the green, the brown. That was after the man with no name. So he inspired the greatest bounty hunter, not just in the West, but in space. (laughs) I got to give you that one, Dustin. Uh, Boba Fett is badass, uh, but we're talking about in the old West here where Boba Fett would have absolutely no use uh, or need. Uh, for being as awesome as he is, uh, and I, I'm I'm stumbling because I can't I can't hate on Boba Fett. I mean, just you can't you can't no, hate on Boba Fett. However, Dustin, uh, I really appreciate the rundown, but I do believe it's a point of order. I believe this is the very first episode of our podcast where neither of our characters' parents are dead. What? What? Look at that. At that least I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, more than likely, they both died of dysentery on the way to Oregon because we know that's how that always works. They die of dysentery and you have to bury them on the trail. Yeah. Uh, snake bite, yeah, we'll, dysentery, yeah. whatever. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we'll 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 assume that they're probably dead, but we didn't have to to mention it. It's, it's pretty interesting. Uh, so. What I'm, what, what really can you say? You might be faster than John Wayne, but that doesn't mean you're more accurate. How many times do you have to shoot to take out that news? At least three rounds, and uh, yeah, kind of useless when we're talking about uh, that kind of distance. Uh, John Wayne with one eye only needs one shot. 
we'll just say one shot. Yeah, name and, with no uh, name's we'll, gonna put a bullet through that other eye. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> uh, we shall see. And uh, to get into that, Dustin, now that we have their our characters' backstories and and equipment traits, uh, we'll go ahead and go into a simulated match. Now, this simulated match is really just for color and entertainment, uh, more so to see how these two characters would meet up uh, in a way that is listenable uh, because if we just utilize the Monte Carlo simulation which is our computers doing the work uh, taking different stats from their strength dexterity perception you know their humor which is the most important part for us and putting them into a standard deviation and which is a bell curve and figuring out who went over a thousand matches well that would be about uh, 22 seconds and dead air that's not really that entertaining so uh, Dustin I'd like to take one match out of this it doesn't have any bearing on the simulation whatsoever it just sounds a hell of a lot better than you know like old AOL or Netscape uh for those millennials out there that's what we used to have to use when you know we wanted to get on the internet it wasn't something you just pulled up your computer or your smartphone. We actually had to work for it, damn it. And sometimes your mom would be on the phone, and you'd have to get her off the phone if you didn't have one of those cool second phone lines so you can get on to... Okay, that's, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> We're going to go back to the western side where they didn't even have internet, kids. Those people had to sit and talk at each other and wait for each other to die. God, that's getting dark. Anyways... <laughs> We'll go ahead and go into our simulated match. Uh, so, uh, as with our our, we'll go with partnered sister brother uh, podcast, the dynamic duel. Uh, they utilize a environment that's not an environment because they don't want it to have any kind of uh, benefit to either character. In our podcast, we say to hell with that, and it doesn't really matter. But because this is a Western and because it really wouldn't make too much sense to put them like toe to toe in the middle of Main Street at high noon, neither of these characters are honorable men. We're talking about good as in a perspective good. Uh, They're decent enough to be the good guy in both of their stories, but they're definitely not good dudes. Uh, So what we'll say is that they are on horseback. Uh, they both have a bounty out for each other. A man with no name has a bounty on Marshall Cogburn. Marshall Cogburn finds out that, you know, some tall drink of water dude that thinks he's badass in a poncho is riding around and he's got to bring him into justice. Understanding that really means kill him because that's how Cogburn does it. Uh, he doesn't really like to deal with taxpayers and judges and all that. He's just going to bring him down. So we'll say that they're in the middle of a mesa or a plane. There's some rocks and some mountains both of them are just kind of scoping it out dustin who do you think would go first so the man with no name has a habit of kind of observing at first so i say he's going to put his little cigar in his mouth light a match and he's just gonna he's gonna watch john wayne and see what his first move is ready to fast draw and kill him if need be so i i'd probably go with that uh Rooster is 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 definitely not a a stealthy man. Uh, he is really one more of those guys that would much rather just get the fight over with. He's he's no he he can stake out places and he'll find out what's going on. But in this case, he's probably going to be riding around on his horse. 
checking stuff out, checking around the area and understanding he doesn't want to get too far out of cover. Uh, but he's going to have his Winchester lever action ready to go at a moment's notice, uh, just riding around. When he starts smelling something, is that tobacco that he smells? He's not real sure. So he's going to take a swig of his whiskey. And right at that point, the man with no name is going to see him. He's going to pull up his uh, his Winchester rifle. He's going to shoot that bottle right out of his hand. Well, this is going to piss him off. I mean, you can do pretty much anything. You could probably kill his good-for-nothing, clumsy son of Horace, for all Brewster cares. But if you mess with this man's whiskey, he's going to look up at at where the shot came from and yell, you son of a bitch! And he is going to pull up his rifle and he's going to fire exactly where that round came from. Okay, but at this point, Eastwood, you know, man with no name, he's already found some cover, and he's going to take another shot this time uh, at the horse. So the horse is definitely going to get spooked, and, and, and Rooster's going to have to jump off of him. That's, that's going to happen. Now, when he does jump off of him, he's going to land right next to the boulder that he was next, and there's a plunger with a box. Now, he already knew that this guy was going to be stealthily trying to find out. He was just waiting to flush him out. So Rooster's going to push down on that plunger, causing the nitroglycerin that he had stationed around the top of the hill to explode. Okay, this obviously freaks the man with no name out. He's going to have to probably dodge some rubble and run for cover. I'll say, you know, some rocks hit him on the way because you can't outrun an explosion. I'm not going to argue that, although if someone could, it would be the man with no name. So I say he'll probably drop his rifle in this and he's going to find new cover and take a shot at him with his revolver. So yeah, he, Rooster's just going to sit there and watch and laugh his ass off while pulling another bottle out of his satchel uh, as he watches this tall, gangly-looking dude run around with a bright green poncho on. It's the desert. There's no vegetation. Makes zero sense to have that color poncho, but whatever. And as the round comes at Rooster, he's going to train his, his rifle one more time, and he's going to pull the trigger, and it's going to go click. Shit, what's going on? He's going to go to try to rack it and find that the bracket for the lever is busted. His sons of bitches, Winchester, just, they, they're never going to make it in this world. Those guys are going to be out of business within the next 20 years. He knows it. Everybody else knows it. So as that round comes at him again, he knows that the, the pistol's not going to be quite good enough to get a accurate round off. Rooster, knowing this, is going to dodge back underneath his his cover and let out a yelp. Hey, I'm shot. You need to come figure this shit out because, you know, I, I, you don't want this bounty going cold. You know, the man with no name, he he's not stupid. He ain't going to fall for something like that. He's going to probably take that time and advantage to move up, find some closer cover. But he's, he's not going to just walk over to him as this guy's yelping. He's going to make sure he's dead first. So I say he moves up, gets a little bit closer, and he's going to pick up a rock and throw it to try to throw off where his location is. So as the rock goes flying out, Rooster's going to train his pistol on it and fire at it. Fire three rounds, quick succession, and he's going to low crawl himself towards another another cover. 
understanding that this this match is definitely going to have to get a hell of a lot closer. Yeah, pistols at this time were good for maybe 20 yards uh, on a good day. And we're talking about these two guys. One's shit drunk. The other one's got to be experiencing something from this explosion. He's going to get as close as he can until he can find this man. And when he does, he's going to pull out his smaller pistol and he's going to fire it in one direction just close enough to get the man with no name to move. Okay, so he moves, he gets out of the way, um, and as he does that, he's going to train his pistol and just start return firing. He's going to take a couple shots. Rooster's not a very life man. He, he's, he's quick enough, but he's, he's a little bit bulkier, a little, we'll say seasoned. He's not old. He's, he's seasoned. Uh, so more than likely, one of the rounds is going to hit. I, I'm not going to lie and, and say Rooster is likely going to take a hit. Uh, but it's we'll, we'll go with glancing blow, uh, okay. just enough to put a round into the man with no name's leg uh, and continue to have have these two guys staring at each other, set, setting up this climactic, you know, once you know how many rounds are left in the pistol, Dustin? How many rounds? Mine, mine's two. Mine, mine, mine's two. I've been keeping track, and I think at this point he's going to eye him down, and they're going to they're going to show down. And that's what Rooster wants him to think, because at that moment, Rooster's little Asian buddy that runs the gambling hall is going to start unloading on the man with no name with the gambling gun. You're bringing outside Game. help. Over. You can't oh, bring outside help. You can't Neither bring outside help. All right. You know what, Dustin? We'll go ahead and leave the match <laughs> there. I don't. I don't. I don't want to upset your delicate sensibilities. This is the old West. This was. There was no good things that happened during this time frame. These guys were red-blooded, beef-eating, terrible human beings. Well, that if that's the case. The West. <laughs> If that's the case, then then Tuco, the ugly, is going to shoot Brewster in the back. We'll, we'll go with that. There so either, either either both Minchie. Either the, yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, as, as you guys could probably tell, you know, when you're talking about firearms and you're talking about people that definitely don't have any semblance of a moral compass, uh, these simulations can go kind of array. So we'll we'll go with. Either Rooster kills the man with no name or the man with no name kills Rooster via extra help. Because, uh, again, we don't want to affect anyone saying, oh, that's not that's that's not the case. Uh, so before we actually get to the simulated match uh, results, Dustin, uh, we have a new name for our collateral damage scale. Uh, this comes from an, out, from an outside vendor. We're going with damage scale with one being low damage and five being maximum damage. See what we did there? Yeah. Because we're the max damage body, that's pretty good, right? So, yes. Yeah, so what we like to do is, with this kind of simu- these, these simulations, there's never a time where these two guys are only going to be hurting each other. There's always going to be something else going on. The, the thing we hate the most on this podcast is people thinking this is in a bubble, and it's cool, you know, watching Superman blow through an entire city trying to kill one guy. Uh, we like to actually t- take the realistic approach. Now, these two individuals are heavily, heavily reliant on firearms and explosives in some cases. So, Dustin, if we were to take these two characters and put them downtown New York City, 
what kind of damage potential do you think that they could have to the surrounding area? Oh man. So with this one, um, it, if, if John Wayne's character has nitroglycerin and he's blowing off the sides of mountaintops, it's gotta be closer to a three, I would say. Yeah, I definitely agree. So normally, you know, when we're talking about firearms characters, they sit in like the two to two and a half range, but you start introducing explosives. Now, nitroglycerin is is not exactly the most high yielding explosive, uh, but it definitely put a hurt on our poor deli, our poor deli manager. And his, his all he's trying to do is, is just serve sandwiches. That's all this man wants. And we're now shooting revolvers and gatling guns and blowing shit up with nitroglycerin bottles he's he's not having a good time so i think you have go a, i think you have issues with deli workers just this one okay. and it's for reasons again i legally can't go into uh thank you for bringing it up dustin you're welcome uh, <laughs> uh so uh, yeah I, I definitely would go like a three three and a half uh for this um i feel like uh would put a herd on and people would not uh enjoy themselves uh if they were anywhere around that uh so dustin for the moment of truth now correct me if i'm wrong you are up two wins to my one win right now yes i believe that i believe that's the stats okay and we're we're gonna we're gonna hope hope that one of our listeners uh actually does keep our tallies because i am horrible with math at clark county nevada education is not great uh and i don't know how about you i mean in wyoming you guys have to like count like sticks right or something like yeah that. yeah we count we count cows in the pasture yeah 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 so i mean it's not exactly like both of us are going to be solving any kind of newtonian uh math problems so we're going to hope somebody else keeps track but for right now i think we can we can go with you're up two i'm up one the results for this one we're pretty staggering, Dustin. I really, I really, really hope that you'll be nice to me when you find out that um, Rooster Cogburn won this match going away. 72.5% mm. is what he won that by. Now, some may say that you would think it's cheating. Uh, it's not. Uh, I have absolutely no basis on this simulator. It is run by a computer, not me. Uh, however, when we're talking again, uh, simulated results, uh, really what it came down to is damage potential. Uh, the man with no name, while was incredibly great with his pistol uh, and could outdraw and be quick and lithe and do everything he needed to do, he didn't fuck around with nitroglycerin and he damn sure didn't have a Gatling gun. Yeah, as soon um, as you pulled so, that out in your bio, I I was like, oh, I, I'm in trouble. <laughs> the most the most a man with no names ever used is a little bit of dynamite, and that's a very rare occasion. Right. Um, so with that, uh, we did say that the man with no name had higher perception, uh, which I think is ableist. Uh, just because a man with one eye can't perceive as much, that's not right. Uh, so you should feel badly. That you won perception, uh, but you should, Dustin. That's what what I'm saying. But I don't. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's the match between these two. Uh, I know I had a great time with this one again. Uh, 
going back to Westerns is always great. Uh, we're going to have to pull out some more characters uh, to go on uh, because I feel like we found a niche that both of us are, are really heavily into. So it's going to be great going forward. Uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and go into our character selection for next week. Now, next week, we are going to some individuals that also have uh, firearms as their main uh, piece of equipment we'll go with. Uh, next week is going to be Leon the Professional versus Call Me Snake Pliskin. That's right. Snake Pliskin from Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, you should be ashamed of yourselves. All, every single one of you. You guys need to exactly. Dustin, you should be ashamed of yourself if you have no idea and have never seen that piece of cinematic masterpiece, which is Escape from New York. Uh, so what we like to do in this, uh, because, again, neither of us really have much bias towards one character or the other, uh, we let fate decide by doing a coin flip. Um, as is customary, I'll let Dustin call it in the air. And for those of you that are actually curious, and Dustin can verify this, I am actually flipping a fucking coin here. I'm not making <laughs> up shit. I'm actually flipping a quarter that was made in, let's see, night or uh, 2003. This is the Alabama State quarter uh, that I found on my bureau. So I am flipping the quarter. This is not being done uh, to split wins, even though now we are tied. Uh, this is done more so because, again, it doesn't really matter whose character gets who. Uh, I think we both do a pretty good job of simulating them, and we all know that really it just comes down to I'm going to win, uh, so uh -huh. it doesn't really matter. Uh, so we're going to let Dustin call it in the air. Uh, whoever wins the coin flip gets to pick their character. Fair enough. So on three, we'll flip. So one, two, three. Heads. <laughs> it is tails again, Dustin. You suck. That's tails. Mm. Uh, sorry, guys. I got to go snake Pliskin. It's going to save Dustin a lot of time, but I hope he actually goes in uh, and, and watches these films because he needs to bone up on his uh opposition leon the professional of course the professional great movie uh really i think it was natalie portman's first film if i'm yep. not mistaken uh and probably one of gary oldman's greatest freaking character portrayals ever uh snake uh again escape from new york escape from la uh was i don't want to say the progenitor but definitely was one of the main character basis for solid snake uh metal gear solid so, yep. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll go watch one of them. I did watch Leon the Professional and it was a fantastic movie. So I'm actually really happy with uh, my my character. And uh, I'm going to say it without any prior knowledge, but I will be winning next week. I definitely don't think so. Some that learned to read like yesterday should not even try to go up against somebody that smokes a lot and says, call me snake. That's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's your guy smokes a lot. My guy drinks his milk every day. Yeah, he does grow big and strong. Uh, with all that being said, though, uh, thank you guys again for joining uh, this podcast. Uh, we have had a blast making it. We're only getting better and better, so thank you for listening. Uh, leave us a comment. Uh, we really enjoy reading the comments. We really want to read them on uh, our podcast because it gives me a break 
uh, from having to think of everything cool uh, and dusting a break from not being able to think of anything cool. Uh, and next week, we'll go ahead and maybe let Dustin carry the podcast because, God, my shoulders are getting tired. <laughs> um, so, yeah, anywhere that you listen to this podcast, uh, leave us a comment and keep on listening. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Dustin, you got anything you want to say before we leave? Yeah, I'm winning next episode. Boba Fett. Uh, so so weak. Should have won. All right. I should have won. Thanks. Thanks, guys.